0: starts out with uh, telling us that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days. And here we have the temptation narrative of him being in the desert and the accuser or the diablos, the devil, tempts him with all the things in the world, tempts him with food, and ultimately tempts him with power as the sends him to the tip top of the temple, the place where God himself, according to the Jews, dwelt uh, among them. And he, he stands at the top, and he looks out over all the land as far as the eye can see, and the accuser tells him he, if he would just bow and worship him, he would give him all the power of the world. And then we go on from there. As Jesus systematically resists all of those temptations, like an absolute boss, he comes out of the wilderness, and still in the power of the Spirit, it says in Luke 14, he goes to Galilee, and the report about him went throughout all the surrounding country. And he taught in the synagogues, being glorified by all. So, Jesus comes from the wilderness, he's 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 doing ministry, he is out and about. We've gone through his genealogy so far in Luke. At this point, we know from whom he has come, meaning the line of David as well as God himself. So he's fulfilling the promise. He is the one um, in whom Israel has been hoping and uh, as hoping would come although he, we will soon learn, is not coming quite the way they have been hoping so far. But we're going to pick this up in Luke 4, 16, where Jesus comes and just lays down a very important message. And it says this, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as it was custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And so Jesus is here, he's he's grabbing the scroll, he's essentially if you want to put it in somehow, you know, some kind of a, a way that you can understand it for modern day, he's gone to church on a Sunday, like he like everybody else who's religious in this community, and he grabs uh, the Bible and he is going to preach. So he is standing up to give a word. And he's reading from the scroll of Isaiah. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. And the place where it was written is where we're going to cite Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. And Jesus says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And here's where it gets interesting. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all of the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, what he just said, this, this Isaiah is a major book of the Old Testament. It was used to look forward to the day when the Lord would take back the world. It was used to, to restore hope to the people that a Messiah would come, that God would set the wrongs of the world right. And it, obviously, all of the Old Testament is very important, but Isaiah was a particularly powerful book. Now Jesus gets up and reads and he and he is citing Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, and then he sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering sight to the blind. That is from Psalm 146, 7 and 8, verse 7 and 8. And he's bouncing all over to citing either directly quoting or alluding to different passages. From the scriptures, and that's what I want to talk to you about here. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This would have been a. Uh, this would have been a quote. Let me let me take a look here from Isaiah, and the actual where I lost my place, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. So it's all of this, this is just a big message of God has come to, as I said, set the wrongs of the world right. And this would have been a message that was very common in synagogues. This is a message that they want to hear. And then Jesus comes and just says, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Saying effectively, I am the chosen one of God who will come and establish all of these things. I will proclaim liberty to the captives. I will recover the sight to the blind. I will set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the Jubilee year, the year where debts are forgiven. The year where fairness is to be utterly kept under all at all costs, meaning you cannot swindle. Obviously, you can't. That's against the. It would have been a against the law as well for Israel against the law God gave to Moses, but especially important to keep in the year of jubilee. Now, the uh, the important thing to see here is this word liberty. Um, When we hear liberty as Americans, if you're American listening to this, we think of freedom, like uh, freedom, uh, utter freedom, rather, I should say. Utter freedom, meaning bound to nothing and no one. We have no oppressor. We have no authority. We have no, uh, you know, we are our highest... um, commander, so to say, as in we ourselves are the determinative factor in all of our decision making because we have no longer any chains to bind us to any one, and I would tell you this is actually not the case, and it may sound strange, but let's go, let's think back to Exodus. Now, when we're thinking back to Exodus, we have this classic story of these people, uh, these Israelites, who have been slaves to Egypt. They've been there for years and years and years, and generations of people have been stuck in Egypt under the oppressive control and rule of the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh does not like the Israelites. Uh, In fact, he hates them. Uh, and the, and uh, for for all the reasons people hate other other people groups and god through that story and through moses brings them out from under the thumb of their oppressor however he does not bring them out simply to be free to do as they wish but he severs their chains to pharaoh in order that they would have new chains god and now the catch is there is no better life than the life that is chained to god so we're not free to do it whatever we want we're free to worship the one who's created us and called us good have a great day